to bless the Lord. Let's stand together. Let's give him praise this morning. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand. Clap of praise for he is worthy. There is no one like our God. Amen. Let's bless him today, church. We waited for this day. We're gathered in your name. Calling out to you. Your glory like a fire. Awakening desire will burn.
Lord, church. Honor his name. Honor his name. That holy. Hallelujah. 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 Continue to worship. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody give Jesus a hand clap of praise in this house. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord today? Isn't it good to be saved, blood covered, spirit filled? I was told that you guys have been, many of you in your classes in the mornings have been going over the Holy Spirit, and uh, I really I really don't plan this stuff, but it kind of just works out for me. I try to be spirit-led, and when I do that, uh, sometimes it seems to work out, and so that's kind of the way this is. So I've been told y'all been doing, talking about the Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost for several weeks, and I've been doing the same thing for several weeks, and so I'm going to go back there today. Uh, back to the Holy Spirit, and I want to speak about five characteristics of the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Are you ready to receive the word today? Are you ready to receive the word today? Amen. God is going to speak to us. That's perfect. God is going to speak to us today in a special way. In the book of 1 Samuel chapter 16, I want to read about four verses here, uh, if I may, this morning. Let's go ahead and go to verse 11. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are all the young men here? Then he said, There remains yet the youngest, and there he is, keeping the sheep. Anybody want to guess what his name is before I get to it? All right. I'm glad some of you read your Bible. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him. Now I like the man of God here. He said, For we will not sit down until he comes here. That's powerful, isn't it? You start threatening people that you're not going to let them eat until you do something, it'll happen fast. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy. And a lot of times we say that that's just like he's a little wimpy fellow, but that's not what it is. Ruddy is actually to be red in the cheeks, all right? It's a youthful look is what it was representative of. He's ruddy. He's got bright eyes. He's a good-looking young man. And the Lord said, Arise and anoint him, for this is the one. So just picture with me that Samuel takes the horn of oil and anointed him. Back then they literally would pour it on their head and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose and went to Ramah. Now verse 17. Let's skip on. So Saul said to his servants, provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. Then one of the servants answered and said, Look, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person. My goodness, could he say anything more about David? I mean, I think this guy really looked up to him. And the Lord is with him. Mm, verse 16. So, uh, or verse 18. Then one of the servants came and said, Look, I have seen this son. And he says he's handsome, all these things. But I want to hear that last part. And the Lord is with him. That's powerful. All right, let's go. Five characteristics of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now, we talk a lot about the anointing, right? Preachers talk about it. Churches talk about it. We talked about it in lessons this morning. And we talk about the anointing. And there's a lot to be said about the anointing. But yet, if I were to ask ten different people... To tell me what it is to walk in the anointing of the Spirit. Or what does the anointing mean? What does the anointing look like? If I were to ask ten different people, I would get a lot of different answers. Maybe five of them would give me a well-informed thought process of what they've studied and what they believe the anointing looks like. And then there may be five that would just be honest and say, I've heard it all my life. I really don't even know what it means. But there, if there is one thing that I can get over in this sermon this morning... This is the one thing that I want you to grab. The anointing of God is activated by submission to the Father. I'm going to say that again. The anointing of God is released or activated whenever we submit to the Father. See, there's something about David. I can't even imagine going a year without preaching about David. 
I mean, you can't even hardly read your Bible without talking about David. They're talking about him in Psalms. They're talking about him in Kings. They're talking about him in Samuel. They're talking about him in the New Testament. I mean, you look all over the place. David is sprinkled all throughout the Bible. The son of David is used many times in reference even to Jesus Christ. So when we look at David, we see the reason that David qualified for the anointing, yes, even at a young age, is because he had learned to submit to authority. Understand with me that David early on submitted to his father. Children, obey your father and mother in the Lord for this is right. And if you do that, what will happen? Long life will be granted to you. God says, honor your father and mother. Submit to their authority. Well, David was this way. David is anointed all because of the fact that he submits to his authority to his father. You can bet if he could have given anything to be on the front line of the battlefield, David would have been on the front line. He is known as a man of war. His brothers may not realize it. His father at the time may not realize it. But this guy is literally in the sheep pasture killing lions and killing bears he is a man of war a matter of fact he began to write in psalm teach my fingers to war teach my hands to battle but all through the process he submitted to the will of his father instead of going to the battlefield he spent hours upon hours upon hours watching over sheep in a pasture when he knew that God had so much more for him. Sometimes it's hard for us when we know that God's got something bigger for us. Or God's got something better for our lives. Sometimes it's hard for us, us to just sit there and wait for God to bring it to pass. But we've got to learn in those stages to just submit to the will of the Father. And say, God, if this is where you have me, if this is what you want me to do, then I'm just going to be willing to sit here until you move me. And that's exactly what David does. David says, I'm going to submit to the Father. I'm going to watch these sheep just like I'm supposed to. Even when David finally did get to the battlefield, do you know the only reason he was at the battlefield? Because he submitted to the will of his Father. Who told him, go take your brother some cheese and some bread. It's all about submission. The question that I have for all of us today is, are you submitted to the will of your heavenly father? The question that I have for us today is, have you given everything in your life to the Father? What does it mean to be submitted to the Father? To be submitted to the Father means not my will. I don't care what I want. I don't care what I think. It is all about what do you want to do in my life. It is not if I understand what's going on or not. If it is the will of God for me to be in this season, then so be it. I'm going to be in this season. I've often wondered how missionaries can go leave America, all right, and go to a third world country where they're having to boil the water before they can even drink it. They're having to use, I got one of those life straws. Anybody ever seen one of those things? I went to our creek, I made the water as muddy as I could, poured it in a cup, and I drank it. Just had to prove it was right. Now, I'm going to tell you something, that water tasted good. Why would you want to leave America to go to a foreign land where you're in a third world country, all you're eating is rice and chicken if you're lucky? Who in the world wants to do that? I'm going to tell you who wants to do it. The person that has submitted to the will of their father. It is not what they want. It may not be what they desire. It may not be comfortable. But they submit to the will of God. And because of that, there is a special anointing that is on their life to do something for God that only we could dream about it. Have you submitted yourself to the Lord? Have you submitted your property to the Lord? Have you submitted your desires to the Lord? Have you submitted your family to the Lord? Have you submitted your house to the Lord? Have you submitted your car to the Lord? I mean, I'm talking everything. Have we given it all to Him? Understand with me today. Have you submitted your finances to the Lord, right? I mean, have you given your tithe to the Lord? Have you given your 10% like God talks about in the Word, being blessed to do so? Have you given in the offerings? Have you blessed the missionary? Have you blessed a ministry to Israel? I mean, have you been faithful and wise stewards over your finances? 
See, there's a lot of people, they want to give God everything, but when it comes to money and pocketbook, we're like, whoa, God, you can't have that. But God says he wants every bit of it. Because when we give it to him, do y'all understand what happens? The anointing of the Spirit. Listen to me, you can't buy this gift with money, but I'm going to tell you, you can submit your way into the gift of God through submission to the Father. Understand with me today that the Lord, he, listen, He doesn't have to have my finances, but if I do it, He blesses me. Now watch this. So have you submitted your finances to the Lord? But let me ask you another question. Have you submitted your needs to the Lord? I mean, you may have told your best friend about it on the phone, but I need to know if you've told Jesus about it. Have you submitted? Because the good thing about God is, is God is not a give me, give me, give me, give me kind of God. And I'm never going to give you back. Y'all got people in your life like that. They're take, 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 take. And they never give. Anybody have anybody like that? Those people are draining. I mean, they are draining. You get on the phone with them and by the time you get off the phone with them, you're more discouraged than you ever thought you could be. All you wanted was a word of encouragement. You had to listen to them for an hour, give you all the negative things, uh, tell you all their needs. I need to know if you've told the Lord about it. I need to know if you've submitted it to the Father. Listen, God is not this give to me only God. He likes giving too. A matter of fact, this is what God said. He said that if you will give, He said, I am going to press it down together. I'm going to shake it up until it is running over. What does that mean? That means that I'm going to take your container and I'm going to fill it up. Anybody ever went to get ice cream and feel like you got gypped? I mean, I'm just talking real life issues here. And they gave you a scoop and you're sitting there thinking, that don't look like a scoop to me. But I remember one place I went and I ordered one scoop and they gave me three. It's crazy. I was like, if I ordered three, it'd be way up here. I wouldn't even have eaten the thing. I felt like I had gotten less than what I was supposed to get, what I had bargained for. But see, that's the way that God is. He says, I'm going to shake it down. I don't want to chip you of any of your blessings. I'm going to shake it down. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take my hand and I'm going to push it down as far as I can in the container. Why do you do that? So you can feel more in the vessel. And God says, that is exactly what I'm going to do to the giver. And the person that submits to me, I am going to push it down. I'm going to shake it together. And I am going to give them an overflowing that they are not going to be able to handle. There is no room for it. In other words, I am going to put an anointing in your life in a way that you've never known before. You can't even contain. There's an overflow. It's going to happen. Oh, my God, have mercy today. Wherever there is submission... When we get into the prayer of Jesus and we are saying, Lord, it is not my will, but, but, but thy will be done in my life. Then God says to us, he says, I can then release the anointing. Now, I want y'all to grab this. Remember that it is alignment with the head. All right. Alignment with the head that the anointing can be released. In Psalm 133. Aaron, y'all remember that story? Psalm 130, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I get on Facebook sometime and I probably shouldn't do it. But the other day we had some, can I use the word dork heart? Is that a bad word, folks? Is it? If it is, shake your head, all right. This lunatic, that sounds better, gets on there and he wants to preach about a beard. He's talking about the anointing. It stirred me up so much I had to comment under it. And I normally don't get into Facebook drama, but I thought it was so dumb I just had to correct something about it. I mean, seriously, people can't believe this mess. He's sitting there preaching, oh, you can't have the anointing if you got a beard of compromise. I thought with the world going to hell in a handbasket and the best sermon you could come up with is to tell me my beard's going to send me to hell. What's so wrong with us, folks? So I had the comment on her and I said, you, what Bible have you been preaching out of? Because Psalm 133 that said when they anointed the priest Aaron, that the anointing began to flow from the head and it ran down into the what? 
It ran down into the beard. What were they doing? It was the anointing of God that was coming. I promise you, God could care less whether you have a beard or not, whether you can walk in the Spirit of the Lord in an anointing. The anointing ran down his beard, the oil stripping all the way down to the very skirt of his garment and to his feet. Catch this. Jesus Christ is the head. When we are submitted to the head, Jesus Christ, and we are the body of Christ, am I not right? The anointing that is on the head, it flows down to the body. Some of y'all missed that. That's enough to make me want to just do jumping jacks. And I hate jumping jacks. The anointing that is on the head. Do y'all believe Jesus is anointed? I mean, he is the embodiment of the Spirit, right? I mean, we've got Father, we've got Son, we've got Holy Ghost. All three become one person. And so the Spirit represents Jesus as well. They are all three in perfect unity. So if Jesus is an anointed Jesus, then that means there's an anointing that is going to flow down to the body of Christ. Why in the world do you think that God gave us the gifts of the Spirit? It's because he knew with Jesus as the head of the church, as the anointing flows, the gifts are going to operate. Come on, somebody. So I have a question for you. If See, if the gifts don't operate, if we aren't operating in the anointing, walking in the anointing, we have to begin to question the headship or lordship of Christ, even in our churches. There's a problem with it, folks. We have to put Jesus first. If Jesus is the head, then the anointing is going to flow down to where we are. God have mercy. See, when we are anointed, it represents the Holy Spirit. It is Acts chapter 10 that explains to us that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost. He went about doing good. When you're filled with the Spirit, you will treat people right. These people that go around cussing people out and tell, calling them every name in the book and they try to say they're filled with the Holy Ghost, they are a liar. Don't everybody shout at once, but let all men be liars, but let the Word of God be true. You can't do that mess and walk in the Spirit and the anointing. It is not a characteristic of the Spirit. You're not submitted to the Father when you do that. See, I think so often that we forget the number one commandment is that we love the Lord God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and that we love one another as we love ourselves. So, my Lord, when we are filled with the Spirit, how much more should we do that? Not only does he do good, but the Bible said he went around healing all that were oppressed with the devil. A Spirit-filled life shows. No question. You know when a man or a woman of God are filled with the Spirit. Can I show y'all this? Even when Jesus was walking on the earth, there were those that denied He was the Son of God, right? There were those that said, this can't be. Who do you think you are? He claims to be God. He's the Son of Beelzebub, the devil. But none of them could deny that He was a prophet sent from God. Even the Muslim faith and Islam that will not accept that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. They still know this man was anointed with the Spirit. They cannot deny it because a life that is filled with the Spirit is going to show. When anointing oil is placed on you. Somebody said, why do we do this? Number one, it's scriptural. James told us how to do it. When anointing oil is placed on your head, let me tell you why we use anointing oil. Number one, oil is representative of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is attracted to the oil. Oh, God have mercy. So when we begin to pray for people, His presence comes to that. He understands that. I got to hurry. He is attracted to that. The Spirit has been sent to comfort us, to help us, to encourage us, to empower us, to change us. Number one, it is activated by submission of the Father. So anytime that God Almighty is going to place an anointing upon you, now notice, it is not for your glory, it is for His glory. Never get cocky when the anointing pours out on you. 
Because the glory doesn't belong to you. The glory belongs to the Lord. And every time that God allows you to walk in the anointing. After you get finished with your experience. You need to go by yourself. And you need to lift your hands. And you need to say thank you Jesus for anointing me today. Come on somebody. See the anointing is what makes things happen. The anointing is what takes a typical word and changes it to a powerful word. I could give you the words to say. I could write out the sermon for some of you. I could put you behind a pulpit and let you preach it. But see what makes the difference is the anointing. Because without the anointing, your burdens are going to stay on you. Without the anointing, the yokes and the fetters that have people bound, they are going to stay on them. But when the anointing comes, my God, the burdens are lifted. The yokes are broken. Broken. But I prayed, preacher, and nothing happened. The first question is, are you in submission to the Father and His will? That's the first question. Secondly, I want to know, did you feel it when it happened? Watch this. Y'all need to pray for Quentin. He had to have some back surgery. I was talking to his daddy yesterday, no, Friday. Friday in Pickens, I believe it was. It was one day. I don't even know what the day is, Harley. I think it's Sunday. We're in Pickens. I talked to him at Walmart. You know, you see everybody, you know, I decided to go to Pickens. I saw Yvonne, some of them folks. I saw a pile of people. And uh, we just had a fellowship meeting. So I'm talking to him, and I'm like, how did he hurt his back? And the one thing he said, he said he used to work with a, a cement company, and he told me when he was about 25 or 26, he went to pick up something. When he did, he felt it. Right? He felt it. I thought, huh. You know, I was an ache and I injured my lower back. I was about 28, 29 years old, I guess. I was in my 20s. And I remember picking up a box. The box weighed about five pounds. That's right. Really heavy, right? I mean, I picked up boxes I feel like are 75 pounds. But the 75 pounds didn't hurt me. But when I spun around, the way I spun around, anybody know what I'm talking about? I felt something in my lower back. I knew when it had happened. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Has anybody had an injury like in this physical body when you said, I know something happened right then? Well, I want to tell you that's the way it is when we get in submission to the Father and we start praying and believing that the Spirit's about to happen. I want to tell you things begin to change. And in your spirit, you will know immediately the Lord has done the work. Whenever the woman with the issue of blood, she touched the hem of his garment and the Bible said immediately the fountain of her blood dried up. What I'm telling you is when the Spirit comes, you're going to know it happened. Alright, number two. What releases the anointing is worship. i got to hurry today. God, help me. Reminder, Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do because I go and send the Spirit to you. Alright, the reason that David played music and sang the songs that he sang is because he understood that the anointing was released through his worship. Just ask Saul. Saul had a demon all over him. He goes to the guy that his assistant and says, this spirit is tormenting me. Find me somebody that can play a harp. I love harp music. Well, the guy, as we just read, he's probably looking for people... But he don't want just any harp player. He doesn't want just a skilled. See, the Bible says that when, when Saul told him to go get it, we just read it. He said, I need somebody that's skilled in playing the harp. The reason he wasn't thinking spiritual is because God had already rejected him. He had rebelled. He wasn't in submission to the Father. The Spirit of the Lord had left him. But the assistant knew better. This devil I've been watching shake you up at night, King Saul. You don't need just a skillful player. You need an anointed player. Boy, I'm feeling this one today. I feel like I could preach two hours. I played five softball games yesterday. I'm pumped up, baby. Hallelujah. And have my French press coffee. Amen. I need an anointed player. 
And so he said, let's go get David. He says all these things about him, but the last part is what I love. He said, the Lord or the Spirit of God is with him. Let me tell somebody today, it makes a difference when you're anointed. When your anointed things change, your singing becomes anointed. Your preaching becomes anointed. Understand with me, as we worship God. Watch this. Now, now I play the saxophone a little bit. I, I may have played it once or twice here. I'm not the best at it. I can do it. But I wouldn't by any means try to enter a competition. All right, let's get that straight. But I enjoy playing it every now and then. I haven't pulled out in a long time. And after watching a YouTube video that I watched yesterday, I may never play it again. <laughs> because if I were to go and I were to get training, you know there's something that they teach you to do called circular breathing. Yeah, y'all looking at me like I was looking at it too. Circular breathing. What does that mean? That means that as you're, they teach you that as you're breathing through your nose, you're releasing the air that is in your mouth. Someone that has mastered circular breathing, they don't even have to move it from their lips. They keep it right there the whole time because circular breathing brings it in and it lets it flow out. Now, I don't play the sax much, but let me tell you, I had a spiritual epiphany in that moment when I was watching that video. I said, well, forget about that. Don't try it at home. I nearly passed out. <laughs> but I did have a spiritual enlightenment. And I said, my God, that's exactly what the Spirit is like. We breathe Him in. And then we, as we let out worship, as we let out our praise, the Spirit of God is flowing in. The worship is flowing out. And I'm telling you today, as you begin to preach and as you begin to expound, all of a sudden, guess what's released? The anointing is released. And I breathe in again and the anointing is released. It is all the difference in the world when the power of the Spirit comes on the scene. All of a sudden, my singers, as the worship is going out of their mouths, the anointing is coming in. Do y'all get it? And it becomes a circular cycle to where as I lift up the praises of the Lord, the Spirit comes in. And then in reality, as I release my worship, it is not just my words. It is not just my worship. But it is worship that is infiltrated by the power of the Holy Ghost. Because this is what releases. Worship releases the anointing of God on everybody we're talking to. Everybody we're in contact with. It's the anointing flowing through us. Woo! Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Now, I'll tell you this. If nothing goes out, nothing is going to come in. So, if I don't worship, if I refuse to give God the glory, the anointing's not flowing into my life. It is only when I submit to the will of God. And I begin to worship Him in spirit and in truth. That this anointing takes control. But put something out and I promise you the Holy Spirit will come in. The Holy Spirit will come into your situation. Come into your family. Come into your house. Number three. The anointing is for action. David's a man of war. He's been anointed for the battles he would face. They haven't seen him battle in private. But as I told you, he's killed lions and bears. Nobody's there with him to see it or to give him accolades. In his private life, he's a man of war. In the spirit, he's a man of war. This anointing is preparing him for the battle that he was about to face. It's a giant called Goliath. In submission to the Father, he goes to check out the battlefield. When all of a sudden he hears this big nine foot, possibly ten foot giant out there screaming, Who do you think your God is to stand against me? And something stirred up in David and he said, Is there not a cause? Why are you little scared weaklings, you little cowards, hiding behind the trees? And the Bible said the Spirit of the Lord, oh God Almighty, 
God did not give you the action to sit on, give you the anointing to sit on your rear end. God gave you the anointing to move in action, to actually do something, actually use the anointing for some good. And so as David is going to that battlefield, you know the story and I'm not preaching at all. But he went out there and he said, if you, Goliath said, if you sent a dog to me, he said, oh no boy. He said, I come to you. You've come to me with spear and sword, but I'm going to come to you in the name of the Lord. In reality, what he was saying is, oh boy, I'm coming at you with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You're coming to me with your training. You're coming to me with your spear. You're coming to me with your power. You're coming to me with your high. You're coming against me with intimidation But I'm coming against you In the anointing of the Holy Ghost And that day he cut off that giant's head Because the anointing was made for action And he said there's a cause And he went out there And got the job done The anointing is not just to thrill you Even though at times I get thrilled I'm thrilled right now Praise God The anointing of God is not just only to excite you. And I'm super excited right now. The Holy Spirit is not waiting on our emotion before He can move and do anything for us. I want you to grab this. It is not how hard you pray. It is how soon you can believe in submitting and doing what God says to do. And this is what God says. God said, are there any sick among you? Then anoint them. Get out the old-fashioned oil of the Spirit. Anoint them with oil. Watch this, folks. And pray for them. He never said, I got to shout around them. He never said, I got to scream, I got to run before it's over. I'm going to be rolling and drunk in the Spirit. He said, you anoint them with oil. You pray a prayer of faith and I'll do the work. See, see, I want to tell you something we've missed in Pentecost. And I want everybody to hear me and to hear me good. Your hand cannot heal anybody. Your emotions cannot heal anybody. We understand that, listen... Our screaming can't heal anybody. I mean, sometimes when, when I feel like I'm getting anointed and I'm praying for somebody, I get loud. I'm like, in the name of the Lord. But that ain't going to heal them. My emotions aren't doing a thing. What's going to do something is a simple prayer of faith, anointing oil, and trusting God to do the rest. God is the one. It is not your name that does it. It is the name of Jesus Christ and the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit that does these things. I remember reading several years ago, Oral Roberts is, is uh, preaching a meeting. There's this mother and this son. The son literally had a shoe that had been built up this much higher. And that's the only way he could walk. Otherwise, he would be so off balance that the little boy would literally fall. He was picked at at school. His mother was so tired of it. She was so desperate. She got in her car and said, we are going to drive hours just to get you to that meeting. Because, son, if you can get to Oral Roberts and he can pray for you, You'll be healed. And I believe that. And she drove him for hours and hours and hours. They finally got to a packed out tent meeting is what she, the way she told the story. That they had gotten there and there's so many people. They're kind of on the outskirts. They can't get to the front of the altar. And so old Roberts has been praying with people for several hours. This is when he really had the goods. Said he was pouring sweat. He was so tired. He looked like he could hardly go. He'd been praying with people for so long. People were being healed by the power of God. One after the other. It was draining him. Because let me tell you. When you get in the spirit world. People don't understand it. But when you begin to function in the anointing. It drains you physically. I'm going to tell you that right now. Sundays. People oh, it ain't a big deal. Whatever. That's just exercise. No, no, no. This is different than playing softball. I'm telling you, when the anointing comes on you, it changes everything. That is why Jesus, when he walked in the anointing, he literally would go to a mountain by himself. Why? He was exhausted. 
He needed rest and recouping. And so he'd, he'd say, just, just leave me alone. Let me go. I'm tired. I'm weary. Oh, Roberts had been praying for people. He was so tired. He nearly looks like he's about to faint. Is the way the woman says it. But she said as he came by, he looked and he saw that little boy. And through the submission of the Spirit, he felt the walk. He walked over there and he looked at him. He says, young man, what are you here for today? He said, mama told me. That if I could get to a man named Oral Roberts, he didn't even know who he was. He said, if I could just get to Oral Roberts, he would pray for me and I could be healed. My foot is really, really short and I have to wear this big old foot and the kids at school are picking at me. If you could, if you just give me to Oral Roberts. He looked at him and said, son, I am Oral Roberts. He said, I want to pray for you that Jesus would heal you. He laid hands on the boy. That's what the mother said. He said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And he walked away. The crowd thinking, my Lord, he, they drove hours. She's already told her story. She's thinking, I drove hours to come see this man. And the most that he can do is say in the name of Jesus, be healed and walk away. What kind of scam is this? But the miracle happened while he was walking away. Because she said as he was walking away, the boy's foot began to grow. And he had to take the shoe off and walk out without shoes on. Because it was making him fall from wearing that built up shoe. Don't you tell me that our emotions are going to get it done. Because it's not. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Woo! Man, I got a clash. Oh, the anointing is manifest through our words. Give me five minutes, I promise. I'm, I'm done. Five minutes. Do you know two people can say the same thing? One can be horrible. The other can be great. It, it was a story of two preachers. They're teaching a group on Psalm 23. To which the young, eloquent preacher got up there with this fancy sermon. He knew how to say everything just right. He teaches and gives his sermon on Psalm 23 from his view. The people out there just stare at him. No motion, no movement, no response. He gets finished, he goes, sits down. There's an old, illiterate preacher that's next, and he gets up on the stage. He begins to preach. He fumbles over his notes. Some words he doesn't even pronounce correctly. But in the middle of his sermon, something happened. The anointing showed up. And that crowd came unglued as that old illiterate preacher began to expound by the power of God. When he went to go down, the crowds are clapping. They're giving God glory. They're shouting and rejoicing. To which after the service, a young, eloquent preacher walks up to the old man who he knows. And he says, Brother so-and-so, can you tell me how in the world is it that we preached on the same sermon? We used the same book, same text. You even said some of the same things that I said. How is it that you got a response and I didn't? To which the old man said, Son, it's that one. Some of you would get it after lunch today. Son, it's that ointment. Well, ointment's like Vaseline. That's what you rub on cuts and burns. What he was meaning is it's that anointing. He didn't even hardly know how to say what he was trying to say. But the difference was the anointing. The anointing is manifest through our words. There is an anointing that is going to come when we pray. When we believe. When we speak the name of Jesus. There is a power behind it. Listen to me. What I preached to you several weeks ago with a little mustard seed faith. You still have to speak to the mountain. The anointing will be made manifest through your words. They're not just words. They're words that are filled with the power of the Spirit. That is why it is so important. Go to the piano. You're already on the piano. Start playing then, would you? This is why. This is why, ladies and gentlemen. It is so important that when you speak, you speak victory over your life. And not defeat. It is so important. Because doubt and faith don't mix where there is doubt and unbelief nothing's happening 
It is only in an atmosphere of faith and belief and simple words that are spoken with anointing that are going to make the difference. And I'll leave you with this. The anointing, lastly, makes you stand out. It is tied to the fact the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. David went in. He started playing his harp, right? He may not have been the best player in the, in the town. I don't know. He was good. The Bible said he was good. But he's playing this thing. What made that demon subside in Saul? Anybody want to guess? It's the anointing. It's not the harp. It's the anointing. And that demon rested in him. Jesus was anointed. Look, look real quick at Luke 4. I'm going to leave you with this. So he came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up as his custom was. He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Jesus stood up to read. And as he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, he did one of those flip opens, I guess. And when he had opened the book, he found the place that it was written, The Spirit of the Lord, oh God Almighty, is upon me because he has what? Anointed me. What makes me stand out? What makes me different? He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Sent me to heal the brokenhearted. I'm proclaiming liberty to captives. Recovery of the sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are bruised. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book. I'm done preaching today. He handed it to the attendant. He goes along to sit down and the Bible says and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. What made him stand out so much? It's the anointing. What we need is the anointing. We don't need another program. We don't need another ministry. What we need to worry about is just getting the ministries we have anointed. Just get them anointed. Everything else will take care of itself. Let's stand. I'm closing. There's something about the anointing. Pray today. Watch as the anointing begins to come onto everything your hand touches. Pray and ask God, anoint me, Holy Spirit. I told you, there's not a service that goes by that you won't find me knelt down normally in my bathroom, in that room right there, asking God, would you please just anoint me? Because if I don't have the anointing, I have nothing at all. I've got to have you. And I'm telling somebody today in this service, pray for the anointing to come on you. Everything you start touching is going to be blessed. It's not because you're dancing over and shouting and rejoicing. All you're doing is speaking it with faith. And it is happening. You are speaking the mountain. And they are moving. No, it's not because of who you are. It's because of what? Anybody get it yet? It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. How many of you in this house? You need the anointing. Somebody say, Pastor, I'm not. Oh, I'm not a preacher. I mean, what? If only preachers need the anointing, we're in a scary world, folks. There ain't enough of us to handle the crisis we got at hand. We need some anointed believers. We need some anointed prayer warriors. We need some anointed workers and employees that will go to their job and speak life in the people that may never step foot in the church until they feel the quickening of the Spirit when you speak a word under the anointing. They're not going to be able to deny it. Because when the Spirit does something, just like when I was 28 years old and I swung around too fast and I felt it when it pulled, 
the quickening spirit of God when it moves in your life. You ain't going to need a preacher to shake your hand and say, God did it this morning. All you're going to have to do is say, I felt it happen. He's about to say it. But I need some people that want the anointing to come get it right now. I need you to I need you to come right now and I need you to receive the anointing right now. I don't care if it's healing. I don't care if it's situation. I don't care if it's just you praying that God would give you anointing on your job. Maybe there's somebody here today that God's speaking to your heart to do something and you've been hesitating to do it. But let me tell you what you need. You need to ask God for the anointing and He'll help you to do it in Jesus' name. Come receive right now in the name of the Lord. I feel the Holy Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Spirit right now in the name of Jesus. There are people tied on my shot and I'm a whole team.